Thank you, Jesus. Isn't it good that we serve a good God, an amazing God, a loving God? Praise the Lord. Well, let me share a word with you tonight. So get your Bibles out. Oh, come on, church. Get your Bibles out. That's a little better. Thank you. Go into the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 44 tonight. <clears throat> Verse 20, well, 24. I told y'all last week to, uh, that, you know, anytime you're discouraged, anytime you may feel dismayed at all, go read Isaiah, you know, 43, 45, because it's some of the greatest verses in here. And I want to start out here tonight and show you something and then continue on sort of with Sunday's message. But it says in Isaiah 44, 24, Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, who, he who formed you from the womb, I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone, who spreads abroad the earth by myself, who frustrates the signs of the babblers and drives diviners mad, who turns wise men backward and makes their knowledge foolishness, who confirms the word of his servant and performs the counsel of his messengers. You know, that word there where it says, who conforms the word, confirms the word, that word confirm there, what it, it means to make good. All right? So if you're the servant of the Lord, then I'm asking you tonight, then what is God confirming out of your lips? And I preached this message on Sunday about love and about how much God loves us. And I looked at all the crowd of the people and I was looking at everybody and I could see it in their faces. Some people, it's just too much for them to believe. They're looking like a you know, cow going through a new gate. They're just like, what? You know, God, yes, God does love me when I do good. Yes, God does love me when... when you know, if I, you know, when I finally get my act together. But to understand the unconditional love of God, you got to understand something. You're not going to walk in the unconditional love of God if coming out of your mouth is all the time, God doesn't love me. Nobody loves me. Nothing ever works right for me. If those are the words that come out of your mouth, because the Bible says that what comes out of your lips is exposing what you think in your heart. Right? I caught myself today, I was, I, I, I was working on on my Spanish, and I was coming up with Spanish words, and I was making English sentences and then, and then translating them into Spanish and, and, and making sure everything was straight, and I was making me a list, and I was going down through it. And I got to noticing how, because I was putting these phrases in work terms. You know, like if I'm working down at Guatemala and we're drilling a well or we're doing something, you know, and I'm talking with the guys, uh, you know, what, how I would phrase a sentence to mean something. And I got to realizing that so many of my sentences were negative. Like, like, expect there to be a problem when you're drilling. Which, there's some merit to that because you've got to be sensitive to the things and the controls. So like this, when I got to notice it, everything's getting negative. All my sentences, I was like, man, don't I, can't I come up with one positive here? Like, today is going to be a great day. So I started making sentences like that just to, just if I'm going to get my Spanish down, let's have something good here. Not like, make sure and check the oil on the motor because it will blow up. You know what I mean? 
Everything was negative. And, I, and, I, and it made me really stop and think because I'd read this scripture and I was thinking about God confirming your word. Now, you really need to be careful today because there's going to be problems. You know, I'm making sentences like this to translate. And it made me start to really think about, you know, what we say out of our mouth. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so how we have to be so sensitive and, 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 and if inside of us, when I'm talking about that God loves you and I say those words to you and it either flies over the top of your head or you're just like, oh, that's a, you know, that's a sweet Hallmark card. It'd be nice. God loves you. But it's not real to you. I mean, that God loves you when, you're, when you did something wrong. God still loves you. God loves you when you're in your imperfection. God loves you. To get that revelation of the love of God down on the inside of us, and then to get it down in such a, in such a way that it's so strong that it begins to come out of your mouth. I, I always say this about if I'm, if, if, if I'm you know, just whatever, just having a whatever day, and I, and I ride my Harley, there's a certain point that I'm riding and that Usually a smile just starts manifesting on my face. You know, I just start, I just start grinning, you know, and I'm like, I don't know why I'm grinning. I mean, it's not. And then I'm just grinning. I just realize that I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just riding. I'm enjoying it. And a smile comes on my face. And I always know that if I've got to ride till I get the smile, because then I've done some therapy for me. I've done something good, right? But if you'll sit down and you'll just stop and think about how God loves you, and it should put a smile on your face. You should be able to sit down and say, you know, Lord, man, you love me. What's it like to be loved by the most important person that have ever existed? And then to imagine what kind of love is that? Can you imagine? I mean, Bruce, I'll pick on you. Can you imagine you walk into the courts of heaven? You walk into the throne room and Jesus says to Elijah and Elisha and Abraham. Oh, excuse me. I need to talk to Bruce. You see, you got to get that kind of a concept that God loves you for who you are. He loves you. And then the scripture we, we had Sunday, 1 John 4, 18, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. That, then there's no fear because the love of God is working on the inside of you, casting out all fears, fears that you're going to be successful, fears that you're going to get sick and die, fears that, uh, you know, Whatever, whatever your fear is, all of a sudden it's gone because no matter what happens, it doesn't make any difference because God loves you. And he says right here, I'm the, I'm the Lord, I'm, I make all things. Do you think I got a way to rescue you? Do you think I've got a way to redeem you? I am your redeemer. That says the Lord, your redeemer. That he can't make a way where there seems to be no way? I don't know if y'all have been watching the, the World Series. Preaching might be short tonight to get home to see Game 7. But anyway, I was actually thinking, I was so carnal, I was actually thinking about putting the score on my phone, and I thought, I better not do that. Start preaching hellfire and damnation. Anyway, did y'all see it the other night on where it was Game Five, when the guy went up, the bases are loaded for the Houston Astros and, and hit the grand slam. That has got to feel so good to, 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 to be standing there. And at that moment, you know, and it just goes out of the park and everybody comes running in. I mean, the feeling of that has got to be great. But then I was thinking about it. 
And I may be wrong. This may be a wrong observation. But then I was thinking about everybody standing out there. And I don't know if y'all notice if you've watched any of the in the World Series, you know, like, you know, no matter who's on base, whichever way it is, one of the the, the nationals or one of the Astros is on base, that they're always talking to each other. You know? First baseman's talking to the runner, you know, they're talking. And I thought, you know, I wonder if they really feel as excited about this game as the fans do. Because, I mean, they're all millionaires. They're all standing there. The guy just got a $100 million contract. I mean, you think he's really worried about winning the World Series? He's got a $100 million contract. So they're all probably just standing out there thinking, <laughs> this, like I said, this is just my own crazy thought. That went there. They're all probably just standing there thinking, ah, you know, it doesn't really make any difference who wins. And Hey, what are you going to do this weekend? You know, you'll, you'll come out to the ranch and go run around, you know. Yeah, hey, we're, going, we're down to this room as well. While we're all sitting there, come on, hit the ball. What's the matter with you? You following me? They may not be near as excited about it as we are because they already got it made. Ah, and then it hit me. They already got it. We're saying made. Oh, wow, what Christians we could be when we already, already realize that we already have it made. We're already, been, we're already loved by the greatest that there is, Right? We already left by the grace. What is the score? You got it up? <laughs> Y'all are all sitting there smiling. <laughs> Thank you for that, Jake. Is there one ahead? Okay, so, but just a minute, you got it made. Look at the person beside you say, You got it made. Every morning when you wake up, when your eyes open, you should say, Man, I got it made. Today, I got it made. I'm loved by God. God loves me. No matter what comes about today, no matter what happens, we live in a fallen world. There's going to be issues. You're going to have difficulties. You're going to have problems. Just a minute ago, when we were coming to town, we, we drive up to the gate. I push the button on the electric gate, and, and it didn't open. And so I think there's something wrong with the truck. I push it again, push it again. Then I see the gate is barely on. Ah, cold snap, kill my battery. So I said, no problem. I'm in my truck. I'll get the wrenches. Take it off. Oh, well, you couldn't get the bolt off, you know, because the nut was rusted on there. So then I had to wrestle around. They ended up getting all greasy and everything, turning around while the wind's blowing. It's raining on me. And it happens. I started laughing. I was laughing so hard. I was like, you really think the gate not opening could keep me from coming to church? I mean, what am I going to do? Call y'all. I can't get my gate open. I'm just going to go home. Somebody do something. Right? You see, it doesn't make any difference, but you got it made. One deal falls, another rises. One deal gets plugged up over here, isn't working. Oh, don't worry, there'll be another flow come up over here. You gotta have that attitude. You gotta have the attitude, man, I got it made. I'm already, I've already won the greatest lotto. I'm loved by God. There can be nothing greater. But it's a shame if you have that and you don't use it. You don't believe it. You don't walk in it. You don't believe that God's word's true because that's what you're saying. What you're saying is if you don't really down your heart can believe that God really loves you, you're just saying to God, I don't think your word's true. That's kind of sharp, isn't it? Pastor talking kind of pushy here on a Wednesday night in midweek. But it's the truth. You're really literally saying to God, I don't believe your word's true, that God, you so love the world that you gave your only begotten son, that I'm really part of that world. You've taken yourself and separated yourself out and put yourself over in a special class 
of Christians who are going to make it to heaven, but you're not really loved by God to the point that he would do something for you. Ouch. But we see this happen in family dynamics all the time. You get a certain amount of kids in the family, and one feels like they're special and loved, and the other one feels like they're not. Why? All because of what they're thinking. All because of the worm that got in their head somewhere. That's all it is, the worm that got in their head somewhere that began to eat a hole in their head, eat a hole in their thinking, and got them to speaking out of their mouth so that God couldn't even confirm his word in them. This got to saying, well, I'm not loved. Nobody really loves you. Nobody really cares about me. Nobody really is going to, you know, it's not right. And you just keep saying it, keep saying it, so that's what you believe. But if you turn around and you look at it, and, you, and, and if you can go and you can say to God, God, you don't love me. If you really love me, you wouldn't have let this happen. Then, folks, I'm going to tell you something. You've separated yourself out of the world of Christianity and believing God's word, and you've put yourself over in a special category. And that's a dangerous place to be. Let's go to the, let's go to the plan this week, Psalms 139. I mean, what a great psalm. But look at the revelation that goes along with what I'm saying here out of 139. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. There is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's, it is high. I cannot attain it. Okay. What David's saying is it blows my mind. That's literally what he's saying. If you translated that into modern English, you'd say, Lord, this thinking, it blows my mind. That you know all of my ways. You know everything I'm thinking. You know everything, the words that's on my lips. You know everything I'll say. But yet you still love me. See, his whole, it just blows my mind. Because when I, when I think back about it, see, I, I think in military terms. If I was going to be Jesus and, you know, gonna, I probably wouldn't have died for the world. I'd have brought the angels down here. We'd have done some sword play. We'd have, you know, showed our stuff, smote some people, told if you want to believe, you can believe you can get into the kingdom, but this is the way it's going to be. I'd have done it strong arm. God says, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let my love just go out. I'm going to let my love go out to all people, and it's going to be there for everybody. that want them to know that I love everybody. And if you want to come into the family and you want to grab a hold of that, then my love will take care of everything. If you don't want to come into the family and you don't want to do that, then the day's coming and my wrath will come upon the earth. And that day you don't want to be around. He's saying, you're going to get it all. I'm stretching it all out. Oh, there'll be a day I'll come back. Yeah, daddy can get mad. And when he gets mad, he's going to roll the heavens back. When he says enough is enough, the heavens will roll back. Like a scroll. You remember those old blinds where you had to get that trick to them to get them to just do right in, and then you did it wrong. Did it just go up like that? Yeah. That's what he said. I'm just going to roll the heavens back like that. It's just going to roll up. I want to step out. But he said, yet there's still be people that will cry out and say, oh, go away from us, God. We don't want to talk to you. Get away from us. Don't want to show us face crawling into holes and dens and all. And that, to me, is hard to believe. It's hard for me to believe. But this same loving God right now in this dispensation of the age of grace we live in, wants all of us to walk in his love. He says, my love will heal you. My love will set you free. My love will give you confidence. My love will, will, will bless every, your family, your, your seed, your seed after your seed after your seed after your seed. My love. 
My love, will, my love will reach out, and it'll reach farther than you can ever imagine. See, we all look at our life, and we think about our age, and we think about getting to a certain place in age, and then you know, we, we're off planet Earth, and we're in heaven, and then you know, everybody else can just figure it all out. But the truth of the matter is, we have children and grandchildren, and they're going to have grandchildren and children. It's just like... When I look back, and if y'all ever do ancestry or do anything like that, any of the ancestry things, you know, and you start looking back at, the, at, at, at your ancestors, and then you realize you're looking back five or six generations back. Well, what are they going to look back five or six generations back to you? What's going to be said about you? Are you going to be the grandparent that, or the parent or the grandparent or the great-grandparent or whatever it is, the great-great-great-grandparent that, that sowed so much love, that you were a person of love, and that you showed everybody the love of God, so that the, that's what you stood for? I mean, you know, you don't want written on your tombstone when you're gone, glad he's gone, right? And so we've got to get this revelation of 1 John 4, 18, there's that, that there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. And he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Like I told you, that torment, that word means that it's the fear of punishment or that there's a penalty. When you read on down here, he goes on in, in, in 139, 7. He says, where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea. Even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall upon me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as a day and darkness as a light, and you are both alike. You formed my inward parts. You covered me in, your mother's, in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, God's saying there's nowhere you're going to go from my spirit. When you think that he doesn't love you, and you go into the darkest depths, I'm still going to be there to love you. Even in the darkest depths, you're going to turn around and there around. So this is the challenge I want to put before you tonight, okay? Simply this. Start looking. Start expecting to see God's love. Start expecting it. It may be something very simple. Maybe something complex. Start expecting it. Start saying... You know, Father, I love you so much, and I'm so, you know, you got to get it out of your mouth. You got to get it going. He wants to confirm the word of his servants. And Lord, I just thank you for your love. I know you love me. And then start looking for what he's doing. How many of y'all realize that God has answered our prayer, and now it's cool? <laughs> How many of you have said in the past month, I'm so sick of it being 90 degrees? You got some cold, you got some rain. And we got some cool, right? I mean, I look at it as a sign God loves me. Everything you do, you got to look at it as a sign God loves you. Some little something. Maybe somebody does something. Maybe something happens. I don't know. I, I, don't put, don't put, I see this happen with couples a lot. I always tell couples, uh, new married couples, I say, look, birthdays, anniversaries, um, First dates, all that kind of stuff. That doesn't count. So what? You got them a present on their birthday. I mean, you should. Lord, have mercy. If you're 
debating whether you should or not. That's a given. You don't get, a, you don't get any brownie points for getting a present on their birthday. Why? They're expecting it, right? It's all the little things you do in between that makes all the difference. It's the little something, not the big something. It's the little something. Hello? I need to see after church, Chad. I can tell by that amen. <laughs> Rather than her. <laughs> oh. So you don't think God's going to do the same thing? You don't think he wants to do the same thing for you? But if you're no sourpuss, you know, out of your mouth, confirming God doesn't let me out of me. You know, it's kind of hard to break through that. So change your speech. Check your speech. See how many negative sentences you're writing. What's coming out of your mouth? Get confessing out of your mouth. Start sitting in the mornings before you ever even get out of bed and dwelling on it and saying, God, you love me. Wow. Just start doing it over and over until you drive the worms out of your head. And then, folks, I want to tell you something. Life's going to look a whole lot different. Life will look a whole lot different. Amen? So look at that person beside you one more time. Tell them, you know, God loves you. Amen. Praise God. If you need an offering envelope, Phil will get you one. You know, this church, y'all are such blessings. I was going to tell you all this. Um, you know, one, one good thing is it doesn't take me long to spend money. I, I'm always looking for places to give and spend money. And Corey had mentioned to Laura that we had the children's fund, the, the change offerings that we'd taken up and needed to do something with the money. And so I was praying about it. I said, Lord, what are we going to do? What are we going to, what's going on? And uh, I asked Bethany to send me a list of needs. And she sent it, and in there was the children's church down there. They needed to buy um, instruments for the kids to have children's church, and it was exactly the same amount as what y'all had. And so I was like, huh, isn't that a good sign from, thank you, Lord, you showed me just what to do. So I called her and said, hey, tell the kids down there, we'll get all the stuff. So I just got the money transferred down there, and, uh, and uh, they're working on it. So I'll get some pictures back here quickly. And, and, and see all that. I just think things like that to me show me God's love. Show me how awesome he is. I just say, Lord, we need to do something with this. And boom, there it is. Amen. And even the other day, I went through my gate. And, and I thought, man, that is, this gate has been so great. The battery stayed in this gate. It's been a good battery. It's done so long. And I think now when I think back about it, it's probably the Holy Ghost saying, oh, you need to charge the battery. And see, I missed it. But it was fair. And I just said, well, I just laughed. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Amen? So put your hand on your offering. Father, I just declare right now, this is the wealthiest church on the face of the earth. These are the wealthiest people on the face of the earth. They are blessed beyond their wildest dreams and imaginations. Lord, I declare that their businesses prosper. I declare that their, everything they touch prospers. I declare all the seed that we sow, all the things that we do. Lord, is just reaping a harvest of them that they can't even really imagine and understand. But Lord, I think it just because we don't understand it, you're still El Shaddai, our financier. You're the one that takes care of everything. So you bring in blessings from the north, the south, the east, and the west. You flood it into the people. You bless the people more than they could ever imagine, Lord.
And Lord, I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Links in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you. And remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.